host Delaney and it's Katie and this is Classically Black Podcast where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession with trap beats playing in the I don't wanna be like Cinderella Cinderella's our cold dusty cellar waiting for somebody to come and set me free I don't wanna be like Snow White Lady wanted to bring some and me oh I will survive and then the dog home and the dog go like that with the treat I don't wanna be no 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 one else I'd rather rescue myself. Do do, and then they go in a circle. Explain my own track. That was quality television. Like, qu- we already talked about this. Dog with a blog. Okay, last week. Never mind. <laughs> I forgot we already had this conversation. My dog with a blog. What was the tweet? It was like, there ain't no way that dog had a blog. Come on, y'all. Of course not. <laughs> I mean that's that's kind of like how when they be like, ain't no way a shrimp fried this rice. Like, <laughs> I've never heard that. You never heard that? That's very much. That's oh yeah, that's very much Twitter humor. Like, a while back, yeah, they used to they used to do that. There there were other ones too that were hilarious. I can't remember any of them at, right now, which sucks. But I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm new to Twitter, so not they, new but new. They take stuff that like with that structure mm-hmm. and i can't oh, okay. dang i can't remember there were other ones too that people used to do they were funny oh that's funny okay yeah all right y'all well we you know we jumping into news this week we got a lot to to get into we doing more um more outlining um of Neman for y'all to end this episode so you know we're just gonna jump right into it and i actually have you know a couple things for news a couple. okay classical music a few all right so um there's a new organization called black lives in music that has been set up to address racial inequality in the music industry and create opportunities for black musicians and professionals um they're primarily focused on uh classical and jazz uh musicians but they also do want to help as many black musicians as they can which we we stand um right now they are um asking for as many black musicians as possible to fill out their survey um that's going to provide hard data that will serve as a game changer for uh for the organization to address um some issues um that black musicians are facing um it talks about um mental health and well-being and economic disparity and much more than that so um yeah they are going to be uh taking the data from that survey to sort of inform their work so i will link uh that survey um, where you can learn more um they're also based in the uk by the way um but where you can learn more about you know what they're doing um and take the survey if you are a black musician indeed um okay next up the international contemporary ensemble um in partnership uh with dr naomi andre are hosting the afro diasporic opera forum um from may 26 to may 28th um this is also in partnership with french arts and opera omaha um it's gonna be all kinds of people that you know we heard of here Tyshawn Sori gonna be there Julia Bullock George Lewis gonna be there um basically the forum is first of all free um and it's a three-day series of online events that are produced by colleagues and collaborators of the International Contemporary Ensemble um in order to celebrate share and reflect on four operas that have had a major impact on the organization um and its collaborators so um 
they're going to be kind of bringing together many more people than what I just named um, in and to talk about these works, um, have some conversation um, with one another, as well as other scholars, um, some musicologists, some ethnomusicologists. Um, throughout the entire forum, so the attendees and the presenters um, and the panelists are going to be guided by some key questions um, about the impact of those operas, um, the role of the composer, librettist, and performer in opera, um, and how do... Um, operas give us new ways to reimagine and expand what genre is and meant to be um so yeah i'm gonna link the page so y'all can learn more about all the different speakers that are going to be there it's a lot more people than we mentioned um i just want to say i find it crazy people send us press releases because <laughs> i'm like <laughs> we are not like we i, I shouldn't say that because we do have a news segment because i would say we are not good at news we literally do it every episode so that don't mean we're good at it but we do it um no but that's just crazy because like people have i would say this is nowhere near the first press release we've gotten but i feel like they're more they're definitely more frequent like you can tell we're on press lists for certain people which is it's like that's girl, cute what? hey y'all <laughs> not hey y'all um but yeah so all right, next up, uh, pianist, looking at y'all. Um, the University of Michigan School of Music, Theater, and Dance um, is presenting um, Diversity and Belonging, Unsung Keyboard Stories. This is a co-hosted with the Westfield Center for Historical Keyboard Studies um, slash Cornell Center for Historical Keyboards in collaboration with Sphinx Connect. Um, so... This is a call for papers, call for proposals, really, um, for an event that's happening in January of 2022. Um, they're seeking papers, recitals, uh, lecture demonstrations that illuminate keyboard studies of women, black people, uh, Latinos, Jewish people, like people of all, there's a whole, there's a whole list. Um, I don't necessarily, some of the ways in which some of this is written kind of runs me the wrong way, so whatever. Um not going to get too much into it, but um, they're also encouraging uh, arts leaders, scholars, and instrument makers to uh, document and explore the ways that they've uh, sought to make keyboard studies and historical keyboard performances more diverse and inclusive. Um, and they're also inviting approaches that draw on global music history and post-colonial studies uh, to question the very category of historical keyboards within a global context. So I'm going to link um, their call uh, for proposals, just as a little preview, it's due May 1st. Oh, wait, hold on. Is it going to be May 1st by the time this come out? Okay, no, it won't. Okay. <laughs> you know, I don't know what day it is. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's due May 1st. Um, yeah, it's only, the ab it's an abstract of 300 words. I'll link all the, um, uh, everything that they're looking for in the description. So, yeah, you don't have time. Um, okay, and then last but not least... Um, composers, we got something for you. Um, an organization uh, called Concertia, or Concertia. Um, I was trying to say concert in Spanish. Concertia, which is based in Texas, um, is rolling out their inaugural Emerging Composers Fellowship. Um, they are going to be choosing three recipients um, for awards that include cash grants and opportunities to have a performance of previously unperformed, unpublished work or the opportunity to have a studio quality uh, recording of a newly commissioned work. Um, 
So the fellowship also includes some free workshops and collaboration with concertia uh, artists and other performers on various topics ranging from professional development, um, the state of the industry and processing trauma through art and more. Um, so yeah, they're seeking composers. It's, um, it's a pretty open eligibility, people of all, um, nationalities and ages, um, and yeah, um, the, the application deadline is May 15th. And now that I know that it won't be May 15th by the time this uh, comes out, um, I will also link that in the description so y'all can learn more about, um, how to apply and what, um, what the requirements are for that application. All right, y'all. Period. Period. Let me go whip, whip out some staff paper. Okay. It did say it's for you know it's for emerging composers, so right. in the early stages of your career, like. Period. You know I got me a box of crayons over there. Okay. No, we need staff paper. I could do like a thing where like I had like. Not going deeper into it. Not gonna support me in my dreams. Dreams. It became a dream that quick. Mhm. You know what he said about a dream that's deferred. You gonna defer it and not listen to my composition idea? Well, you know what? That's other people listening. So how about you tell them? And I'll just mute my computer. <laughs> we already got an episode called Free Game. I'm gonna keep it to myself. <laughs> All right, y'all. We moving on. All right, y'all. So we are here with Jashanti Henry, and we're gonna do the intermission like we always well, not always actually, we know like we sometimes do. Um, so before we jump into the intermission, uh, Jashanti, can you go ahead and introduce yourself? You know, just like basic stuff, they're gonna learn about you more later, of course. Of course, my name is Jashanti Henry, I am a sophomore flute performance major at the Eastman School of Music. I was raised in Rochester, New York, I love Rochester, New York, and yeah, I'm glad to be here. Okay, period. So speaking of Rochester, um, so this is obviously a podcast, so people can't we ain't listening, K, right now. So, but but I got this based off of like a, a trend. I don't know which show does it. There's like a, a show that does a thing called like Explain That Graham. Mm-hmm. Can't do that because people are listening. So I thought we will do an explain that tweet kind of thing. You'll see what I'm talking about. So I just like found tweets. People made about Rochester, New York, and since we all lived in Rochester, you were born and raised in Rochester. I thought we could all comment on this stuff. So you know, just gonna just fall before we talk about what we're talking about today. Okay. No. So the first one says, "Spring has sprung, but now there's snow on the trees." Rochester, New York. Can you explain that? Because people, I need people to understand the hell. Listen, I don't care. I have been delivered. Okay. <laughs> yeah. For real. Yeah, Rochester, their um their weather man, like you get 80 degrees one day, next day you, you pulling out your winter coat from your back closet, you know what I'm saying? So like right right now it's snowing here and it's supposed to be May, almost May, you know what I'm saying? It's crazy over here. <laughs> Rochester be catching me slipping because I'm from California. So it was sunny one day. I was like, period. I saw Katie on the street. I'm like, I had my sundress on, I had on sandals. It was raining in like an hour and a half. <laughs> like I had my shorts on when it was 80 degrees. Next week I'm wearing my, my puffer coat, hat, everything. Like it's crazy over here. That's a thing. Like I think Chicago be good for that too. I have never seen I have never lived in no dramatic place like Rochester before. But Chicago be good for that too. So I'm I'm always used to like I'm a sweat it out in the coat because I right. know 
that it's not clear. That's why I, I, remember, I remember that day. I was like, lady, why you, why you got your, I'm like, oh, you think it's hot outside? Girl, it's going to be negative 30 tomorrow. You got to, you got to keep it cute. Right, you got to put that back on, you know? <laughs> I remember that day. Like, she was all cute and so I'm like, girl, we're not in the clear till June. We are not in the clear until <laughs> June. But the nice thing about Rochester is the summers are bearable because it, it's going to be 7,000 degrees here in Memphis. So that's not cute. But uh, it's not it's not that. Okay, uh, let's let's move on. So this one says, lovely walk around the hashtag 19th Ward tonight. Um, I wanted to know if you could tell me your favorite spot in Rochester. What 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 are your favorite spots? The 19th Ward, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just like kind of cute. It's like it's not it's like a family place. You go, you do a better job than me. Explain the 19th Ward and then what and then you'll tell me your favorite spot. Just not to you. All right, so the 19th floor, we call it the West Side of um, Rochester. So more bigger streets, you know, um, more places to eat. You know, my favorite spot right now is Jamaican Jamaican Soul. Really oh, good Jamaican place for that real. That new spot? That is the spot, Jamaican Soul. It's new? Nah, they used to, they, it used to be called uh, This Is It, but then oh, they changed no. it to uh, Jamaican Soul. Oh, my God, 442 Genesee Street, I'm telling you. But, um, <laughs> yeah, the 19th floor is just like... I don't know. It's the West Side, you know. That's how I, that's how I see when I was born and raised there. You know what I'm saying? I was I still live on the 19th Ward, so yeah. Okay, I think my I have sorority sisters that live over there. Big, big houses, but yeah. like really approachable. Not like, not like bougie. Like, cause Memphis got some areas. I was like, people live here. I was like, my mom. I was I was driving like this <laughs> <laughs> over in Germantown. I was like, oh my god, y'all live here? Like, it was like. It's like it's not like that in the nineteenth ward, from what I remember. It's more like yeah. homey, like family matters looking around yeah. Chicago a little bit. The nineteenth ward, like a lot of doctors and lawyers used to live over there. Mm-hmm. You know. So, on the same breath, tell me what your favorite area spot, whatever, or you already said the Jamaica spot, or or you have something else, something else. Yeah, but my favorite like chill spot, it would have to be. I have to give it to like Cobb's Hill. That's um okay. He, Beachwood, um, something like that in Rochester. Mm. That's that park in the world. Sure, sure. What you got, uh, Delaney? Oh, my favorite spot at Rochester in Rochester was my apartment. I know you're not serious. Like, jeez, that ass. <laughs> <laughs> That girl said my apartment. So, I walked right into that one, but I just thought that we would be playing along. I thought yeah, we I didn't know that she was. I was like, why she asking me that? She already know. <laughs> um, I think you know, she about to say like Dogtown or something. You know I mean? Dogtown. Dogtown. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Dogtown. <laughs> okay, but I mean, well, to eat. I mean, me and Katie used to be all over. We used to be at what the King and I. Oh my God, the King and I. <laughs> the king and i hit different if you ever if you go in the gateway someday like write all this stuff down the king and i uh pie craft with that basil oil you you gotta get the basil oil listen yeah this is rochester you know rochester be doing it sometimes i just yeah. be doing it sometimes <laughs> let's sometimes come on Chuck, yeah. sometimes yeah sometimes it's hit or miss hit or miss yeah <laughs> i was like sometimes <laughs> My favorite area in Rochester, not gonna lie to you, was like that Park Avenue neighborhood. Like, I really, I really, I'm, okay, I'm not gonna hold you. Chilling at Java's when they put the chairs out on the front and like, just, yeah. 
Especially like when your jury over, ain't no care in the world. You just out there with what's that thing, Delaney? What's that um that thing called that drink, the frozen one with the with oat milk, <laughs> no whip, like nah, hit different. Or even if you sit on um, even if you sit on what's that street? Not Main East. If you sit on East. By bubble fusion, like that's it's a vibe. It's like it's very pretty, yeah. But the Park Avenue neighborhood, like I love, I love this being over there. They got like cherry blossoms and stuff. It's really nice over there. So I would say that's my favorite spot. I can't really think of nothing else. Rochester got some hidden. Rochester surprise, surprise me. I ain't gonna hold you. Okay, um, this is the last one. We kind of hit on this a little bit, but someone said looking for restaurant recommendations in Rochester, New York. You see, like when you're looking for restaurant, restaurant like recommendations, you can't look on your maps. It's really about the low key restaurants, you know, like you know the Jamaican restaurants. The you know, I just found out this soul restaurant that was like in an alleyway, but it was the best soul food I ever had. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So, like, it's really just like you just gotta ask around. Really, you can't really just look on you know your Apple Maps and look on the top result. Really, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. See, I should have. Then you came like right when I was leaving. Because that's what I needed. I needed somebody to tell me where to go because there was just some stuff I could not find. The people, people over there in Rochester, they stay in Dino. I would never spend my money there. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> crazy. Like $50 for some barbecue? Like, come on. The pit, come on not, nah, I'm good. <laughs> that's the thing. When I first got to Rochester, I was still eating meat. So, like, I'm so used to, like, in Chicago, like, for there be, like, chicken spots, like, you know, like, a good chicken spot, they got, like, fried chicken, fried fish, fries, like, a good, regular, regular, mild sauce. I was like, so all y'all got is Popeye's? But then I realized after I joined Sigma Gamma Road that, like, the spots, the locals know the spots. You got to talk to them. Because if you go on your Google Maps, it's going to be, like, what's that, what's the them places, like, like, the uh, Maestro or like like hots the, the red what's it called like you know what I'm they have all the Nick Powell hots West Ridge hots you yeah know? hots on yeah. on freaking on this. Greece yeah, on yeah. Greece I'm like, so I I'll never forget like Gary used to be my favorite thing ever yeah. and especially like the Chicago style gyro like that is a freaking gyro like Chicago you get it front you get it hard all this stuff right? right so I'm like I'm looking for the place I go to some freaking hots in Greece or something I'm like okay beer when I got that gen I was like what. What is, is this? This? <laughs> this is not a gyro. It was all cut up. I'm telling you, cafeteria would have done it better. School cafeteria would have done it better than this gym. I drove 20 minutes to Greece to get. Right. Nah. <laughs> but then you, you figure out the spots. Even like as a vegan, you just figure out, you guys you got to know what you're doing. But uh, yeah, that's it. Real quick. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> real quick. Wait, so, okay, we'll get to that. Okay, we move it on. <laughs> Okay, um, so now we get into the, the interview portion. So this week we're going to be talking um, about sort of the stage that a musician gets to when they're in like college and conservatory. This is something that me and Katie talk about a lot because we went to college in some capacity together before she was a, a grad student, but we went to the same school. Um, and so we, and you know, we're around in that age group. So this is kind of our, our bread and butter right now. So we're going to um, talk to Deshanti about some of his experiences um, in college and, you know, we're just going to chop it up. So now we can do like a more in-depth, like tell us about yourself, like about your musical journey. Okay, cool. Like from the beginning, beginning or like? Yeah. Yeah, like when you were born, what happened? I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> born? 
but um yeah so like i started uh i started flutes at nine years old and that was because um i was expelled from my first school so um then i went to school 20 i changed my behavior and um i found out flute or whatever you gotta start at nine my guy you said what <laughs> you gotta start at nine look i ain't judging yeah. nine I, it was actually it was actually eight years old, and then I had to get transferred, so I was basically nine, you know. But um, do your thing, do your thing. Yeah, I was, you know, I, I was a rough kid, but you know, then um, you know, I found out the flute because uh, I had this crush. Oh my god, I never forget about. It. I had this crush, and um, she uh, <laughs> she said she, she I was like, what instrument are you playing? She was like flute, and I was like, oh my god, I'm playing flute too. Like that's crazy. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie to you. So then, um, that's when you know my teacher. She's seen that you know I was uh so enthusiastic about flu, and she uh encouraged me to apply for the pathways program, Leesman Pathways program. So then um I got in, started doing lessons at uh Eastman Community Music School all the way up to um 17 years old. I then um applied to uh the Eastman School of Music and um you know passed my audition and uh. You know, I have the Pathway Scholarship now for college, and yeah, just living. Period. Coolly, yeah. <laughs> Take they stuff. Period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, so I, you said what? I get they coin, you know right? Yeah. No, they got no. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, okay, so tell us more about uh, entering the conservatory environment. Let's start with like, were there any challenges you faced, um, and what? What resources might you, if you had them, would have helped you? That why would type it like that? Whatever. Tell us about the challenges you faced, and like if there were any resources that would have helped you. Yeah. Um. The challenges that I faced really like going from, you know, high school to um Eastman is just like it's a big community switch, really. You know. Um. Mm-hmm. Going, you know, in my city school, school of the arts, Minnesota. Um. You know, it's a big present black community, you know, and then going into Eastman, you know, there was a, a lot of uh, black colleagues that I could talk to and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. And then also, you know, I had like problems with, uh, you know, security guards and stuff like that. And I, I, I don't know, really, like it was uh, what resources I think I would needed. Um, I think just more patience, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't, you don't need patience for that. Like they, we have a friend that had issues with that as well. It's like I'm going to school. Yeah, like, that's that's what I ain't get. Like I'm leaving the school. Dog come up to me, tell him something. I need your ID. I'm like, whoa! I, you need my ID. You know what I'm saying? I'm leaving the school. I need your ID. I need your ID. I oh, mean, I just I took it with a grain of salt. But you know, Eastman handled it, and I'm happy how they handled it. Got a backpack on, music in your I hand. A, I got a flute in my hand. I'm like, you know, <laughs> come on, dog. Mm-hmm. You know, I never got it, but whatever. Yeah, yeah they need to, uh, to get to the bottom of that because, like, of course, you know, I'm over here. I got a whole bass in my hand, so, you know, whatever. But, yeah, I know that's been a, an issue with, like, we, we're not going to get into it because the way these white folks be cutting up in these public places and y'all talking to me me? i was girl i'm talking about like the way you know if you see me in real life i'm not that tall i'm about like what five seven the dude had to be like five four coming up in my face i was like 
I know not today. You know what I'm saying? Like, please, not today. Uh uh. Right. I didn't have that experience because, I mean, I would imagine Delaney didn't either because there's, I clearly have an instrument. It's purple. <laughs> I'm here, you know, but I feel yeah. like the way my attitude set up, I would not have done well as a vocalist because you're not going to ask me why, I'm, why are you here? Why are you asking me what I'm doing? Exactly. <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> that situation, it happened two times too. Like, you know, I actually reported it my sophomore year because the same thing happened my freshman year, but I didn't say anything. And he singled me out of my woodwind quintet because I'm in an all-white woodwind quintet, uh, quintet. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't say nothing my freshman year because, you know, I was like, you know, I'm coming from the city school. I don't want to mess up anything. You know what I'm saying? But then my sophomore year, I was just tired of it, you know? And um, I had to do what I had to do. Yeah, how come you're not asking these people where they, where, uh, if they need help? What, what right. are their ideas? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> So that kind of that kind of leads us into like the next question because uh, you said like when you first got there you didn't really like say anything about it but you like as it you know, like as you um, were there longer like you you spoke up about it was there anything like any of those challenges you talked about especially that adjustment like were those things that you immediately felt when you got there or were they things that you were like after you were there for a minute they kind of they kind of revealed themselves to you because like for me personally like when I first got to Eastman I was like oh my god I'm here at Eastman oh my god period and it wasn't until like maybe my sophomore like the second half of my sophomore year where I was like bro I am exhausted uh because I was very much like you I admire you because Jashanti every time I talk to you you just you just yourself but I was very much like I was also 3,000 miles away from home and like whatever like the way my relationship with being around white people was set up I never was and whenever I was my mom would always be like you gotta represent you gotta be on your top behavior and xyz so when I first got to Eastman like I was doing that all the time and so it it took me a minute until I got till I realized that I was code switching all the time and that's why I was so exhausted. So right, like right. that adjustment for you, like was that something that you immediately felt when you got to Eastman? Um, I want to say immediately when I got to Eastman. I think you know I've been doing code switching since you know thirteen years old. You know if you had a performance and you know people are coming up to you, you know got a code switch. You know what I'm saying I can't talk to you like how I'm talking to you right now. So um, I think, you know, when I got to Eastman, really, like, yeah, I had to do code switching a lot more and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I was a commuter as well. You know what I'm saying? So I really only had to spend about two hours out of my day at Eastman. So, yeah. Well, you know me. I'm very anti-code switching. So <clears throat> I go, I'm not going Bro, I, even Mr. Taylor, I had a black teacher at Eastman. I wouldn't roll up and be like, oh, what up? What up? So what we, yeah. what we talking about today? We were scared. What we doing? What we doing? What we doing? Oh, yeah, we in here. Yeah, 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 yeah. so Like, I wasn't like that because yeah. I, I had respect for the lesson that we were having and, and him being my teacher and whatever. But yeah. I just don't feel like black people need to code switch for what? Exactly. I just don't, I just don't, and I mean, everyone has their own journey with that. I mean, I think I had a similar experience with Delaney just earlier. I, I, by the time I got through high school with the code switching and being in all them AP classes, I was, I was done with it. I was like, girl, anyway, so, um, right. how you do the, <laughs> <laughs> 
now I'm realizing, yeah, it's different because also you were a commuter because like for me, my my response to that was like, I'm very not good at not being myself. Yeah. So my response to that was just to not talk to anybody. Like it wasn't to just be like, oh, I'm going to fit in. It was just like I said, my favorite place was my apartment. I would go to class and I would go home. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I've yeah. I've since been delivered from college, so that's that's fine. Yeah, my mom, she used to tell me like, you know, what I'm saying like, don't make a fool out of yourself too. You know, she used to say the same thing like, you know, don't embarrass yourself out there. And I think that's why like, I was doing so much cold switching. I don't do a lot of it now, you know. But um, yeah, I definitely see the problem though. Mm-hmm. Um. So can you tell us a little bit about your audition preparation, like uh, preparing to go to Eastman? Um, like what did what did that look like? And then overall, did you feel prepared? Um, yeah. So um, the way how I got prepared really was um, I made a spreadsheet of all the colleges I was applying to and all the rep that was required. And then, um, you know, just shedded all the rep, really. You know, I played for friends, played for my mom. I played for anybody I could really play for just to get the nerves out. Um, The Eastman Pathways program, they had, like, audition classes or whatever to, you know, help you with nerves and stuff with that. So I went to those classes. And, uh, yeah, so then audition preparation, really, like, uh, I couldn't afford, like, the flights and stuff like that. So I asked my, um, my school to, you know, help pay for the flights which they did and um yeah so uh that's been pretty much it and then just played my best I could <laughs> really <laughs> so they got money period I didn't know they had it like that I was <laughs> like what they flew me to what Colorado and Miami I was like period you get a flewed out by soda where they flying me out like <laughs> <laughs> But that's good. I feel like I know, I mean, I also um, came, came or was in a program, not my school, but was in a program that had that organizational support. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some people have also like kind of talked about um, maybe conservatories having more of that to like actively recruit students. Like people recruit students for like sports all the time, but like that that barrier of not being able to get even get to an audition is like something that's so common right. uh, for a lot of students. Um, it's nice that like you were able to have that organizational support and I wonder what, what like conservatories to do about that. Did, do you, were you aware of that support or did you ask for it? Like, did you yeah. ask for help and they gave it to you or did someone tell you like, okay, we'll do this thing? You know what I'm saying? Well, my, my flute teacher at the time, like I told her that like, yo, like, I can't afford like a thousand dollars worth of flights. Like, come on now. So she told me to like ask around, you know, ask uh, Sphinx, the Sphinx organization. They t- she told me to ask my school, which I did, and they helped me. And then, um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, shout out to your teacher because first of all, I feel like me at that age. Shout out to you because I feel like at my age, I would have been embarrassed to say something. I would have yeah, just. <laughs> you said what? I said I, could, I had to keep it real with her. Like I, was, I can't afford a thousand dollars. I feel like class could be so pretentious. I'd have been like, you know, I'm not really feeling Miami. It's like hot. <laughs> you know? True. And you know, the air's you know, so like going to Colorado. You know, you, know, you know, that space up the street? Yeah. I was I was thinking like, that's perfect for me. And then there's like the air's thin and, you know, 
viola and my crack you know I would come up with everything that's really good and also um this idea of like asking right like asking for help Just be yeah, because yeah, I, I mean, I was in, I was running into that uh, my senior year at Eastman, and you know, it's like a good thing I did because I definitely felt that that pressure to go to like summer festivals and everything. And like Katie knows, I did not want to go to a summer festival. I was like, I want to sit down at home, right. um, and like having to go to a lesson every week, and like I was not ready to be like, yo, I cannot afford to go nowhere this summer, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but having to constantly dodge those questions. So what are you thinking about applying? And I'm not paying. $80 application fee <laughs> for or whatever just to pay a $3,500 tuition you know mm-hmm. like um, but yeah that's like Katie said like yeah that's just crazy that she was like um, already like being real with her like that um, so yeah we talked a little bit about your like audition preparation and stuff but like when you when you got to to Eastman like how did the rigor of like your lessons, your teacher compare um, from what you were doing in like at Soda and at ECMS to when you were um, in college? Yeah, it was um from Soda to college, it was much more intense, you know, because, you know, my teacher expects so much out of me. Like my high school teacher, she was much more chill, you know, especially my senior year. Like I was barely playing like my senior year, like we was just talking. But then, like, my first day at Eastman, like, you know, homegirl, she she won four etudes. Four? Yes, yeah, four etudes, um, scales and chords. Wait, I'm go gonna... back. Go back. How long are your etudes? I mean, that was, like, page lace. Like, it ain't nothing serious, you know what I'm saying? Nah, because but... when I... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm like... I'm over here looking at Shorty Christ. She's like, yeah, we're going to do, like, four etudes a week. Try to prepare two if you can. Um, scales and chords, uh, solo pieces are uh, due every two weeks. I'm looking at hunger like, I might have to drop out, you know. What I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like I might have to get gone. <laughs> and then on top of that, I got you know rehearsal. Like either I got wind orchestra or symphony orchestra, and I got to practice for those because I don't want to get put on the spot. And then you got theory, you know. Oh my god, it was just it was much more intense, you know. But just gotta stick through it. Really keep grinding. <laughs> No, I might have to get going. <laughs> That's that Eastman junk. I mean, I wasn't in a place my my as a freshman to be to be doing all that. But right. when I pulled up to Mr. Taylor's studio, he was like, "Yeah, so this A two needs to be memorized by next week." I'm like, "What?" I was like, "Let's sit down. Let's 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 take apart what you said." <laughs> Why are we memorizing A two? That's what I'm saying. Like, what, what I need to memorize this for right now, like. I was like, no, you got to keep this Eastman junk. Like, we're not doing that. We won't keep it cute here. Like, He's like, yeah, we learned concertos in six weeks over here. I'm like, okay, that's very, that's that's good for you, baby. Mm. I'm like, we gonna this one when it get learned. <laughs> um, mm, let me do some. <laughs> them A two, they love them. I'm, I was like, mm-mm. Mm-mm. they love them a good full speed next week memorized. Why? I'm saying, I've been telling like, I'm sorry, I lost my A two ball. I left it at home. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd be like, what if God says the rapture on Thursday? I just spent my last moments on A2. On A2. <laughs> Come on now. Oh. Okay, so how did you approach the costs associated with attending Eastman and and things we talked about travel a little bit, but how about like instruments, 
um, auditions and, and current books, Eastman Junk, Eastman Shenanigans. Yeah. So, um, so with the instrument thing, because I didn't have a piccolo, so um, I went to you know the instrument office, and I was just, I just kept it real with her. Really, I was just like, yo, I don't have a piccolo. I'm tired of borrowing from you know other classmates. Can I get one? And it was super accessible. You know, you just get, you just rent one out for you know a semester or two, and boom, you good. With the books thing, I never had to pay for none of my Eastman books because I get this bookstore award. So it's seven hundred dollars, and you can use it for um, both your semesters. And that just covers like every single book. And then you have money left over, so you can spend it on anything. Like right now, I just ordered like this $300 flute accessory. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Take all they coin. Listen. All they coin. <laughs> Listen, this is what we need. We need more people that got the support because like this plus like the pathways like yeah we need people that got like actual organizational support to go to school because it's like we are um like talking to a bunch of musicians in different stages um of like their lives like before you we had like some some students that are in high school and then we talked to Armin from rock music who's working with um, okay. like students at the beginning of their careers. Um, and it's just like so, so much um, has come up in those conversations about like lack of resources and, and lack of access that it's, got, it's, it's good to see what happens when somebody does have that support mm-hmm. um, and what can and what come of that. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really grateful for the um the Eastern Pathway scholarship because you know I don't have to, I don't have to pay anything. You know what I'm saying? Like it's my parents doesn't have to stress and anything, and yeah, it's just amazing. Really, it's a blessing. Really, that's how I see it. Mm-hmm. It's also very interesting when we compare like, students in the same program. So I have my, I have my own opinions about Eastern Pathway that I won't get too much into because right. of how it's affected my some of my students. Um, and that, like, I feel like, and that's why I feel like it's not really the program. And I've been vocal to Armin about this. Um, it's not the program itself, but it's the personnel within the program. I think that's almost in any institution. Anybody right. can be, um, <clears throat> anyone can be a problem within a, a, a system. It could be a, right. it could be a well-running thing. And there's one cork in a machine here. And it's another cork in a machine here because I have a lot of students, not a lot, but I have about um, three right now that I can think of who have been mistreated in the, in the pathways program and yeah. that they had a passion for music and they had it. And if they, if especially one in particular, I'm not going to say their name, that if they were cultivated correctly, they too would be with you at Eastman. Right. Because, uh, and not in that some, and not in that like Eastman is the, is the best school in the world, but literally they were on a similar path as you. They worked, they worked incredibly well they love their instrument and they're happy where they are right now they're at a great school right now but the fact is that they could have been at Eastman for free and they were on the route to do that and they but their teacher was a cork in the machine and I think that's also a conversation that these institutions are not ready for um as well that some people are not equipped simply are not equipped to be doing the work that they're doing and I've, that yeah. every organization, you can find that. 
Yeah, that's the truth. Because like my my flu teacher, she was, you know, she was on top of me, you know, all the time and pushed me to work hard. And I feel like she really prepared me to get ready for Eastman. You know what I'm saying? And not to be stressed about doing four eight two two week. You know, mm-hmm. and like I I totally understand you. Like you know, just one wrong person in the program can just make it so unenjoyable for a student, really. It takes just one. See, that's crazy to me. It literally just takes just one, and that's so crazy. I pray none of y'all get peace. Girl. Yeah, and I feel like that's that goes into like how how a program or organization will structure itself to be able to vet people better. Yeah. Because if that if an organization has a no like has a zero tolerance policy for people you know, mis- either mistreating students or underestimating students or whatever that may look like, then these people would not be employed and would not have the power in students' lives to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, so like we've talked about like that support that you had, like getting uh, to Eastman. Um, I want to know like your, your life at Eastman, like do you do you feel supported by the institution? Like, for example, have you talked about that shift in a uh, community going to Eastman and not really having like that black community? Mm-hmm. Obviously, everybody in this zone can <laughs> relate to that because <laughs> there will be no black students at Eastman without me and Katie. So, um, uh, yeah, can you talk about like some of the the institutional support from Eastman or or whether that that exists for you? Yeah, like, I feel like Eastman, they definitely try, you know, like, um, I was having some problems uh, in the beginning of the year, my freshman, not freshman year, but sophomore year, and there was an instance I needed to be moved into the dorms, right, and they definitely helped me, you know, they, you know, upgraded my scholarship a little bit, I had to pay a little bit out of pocket, but, you know, it was amazing to see they, you know, they cared so much about their students, you know, mm-hmm. but as, like, I don't know how to explain this, but it was really just after that security guard incident, you know, where I just did not feel comfortable. You know, for a while, like I'm telling you, I haven't been in the practice room all year, you know, literally all year, just so I don't have to walk by that desk to show my ID. Like I'll just practice at home, you know, if I'm going to rehearsal, I'm going through the back door because after what happened, you know, it just, it literally just killed me. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, I could have did that situation so much differently. I could have cursed them out. You know, I could have did so many other things. And it's just so crazy to see that, you know, me, a black male, walking into an institution I've been at since, what, nine years old, going to the community school, you know? And to be singled out just because of my skin color, you know, it's just, it just wasn't a good feeling, you know? And I was just, you know, it was to the point, I'm not even gonna lie to you, like, I even moved out the dorm, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was because I was, after that problem, it was just like, I just can't be here no more, you know? Like, I was I was just ready to go, which I did, you know what I'm saying? And um, I'm glad how the school handled it, you know? But I feel like um, if I didn't say anything, you know, which a lot of students don't, yeah. then um, nothing would have changed, you know? He still would have been there, yada, yada, yada. If, if I didn't even oh, say- Oh, he lost his job? Mm-hmm. He gone. Oh. oh. Okay, Meliora. Wait, hold on. That's what I'm saying. But, <laughs> but I, think, I think, really, I think it was because, you know, I was, 
really, I was at the point where I was gonna post it on Instagram, tag Eastman School uh, of Music. You should have yeah, did that. Bra, 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 bra. Yeah, Wait, hold on. Hey. Yeah, he lost his job and everything. I was, boy, that email was so long, but yeah. So I'm really, like, really, like, after when Eastman fired him and everything, I was like, wow, like, they're actually trying, you know, but there is a lot of stuff they still have to work on, literally. Like, yeah, the centering of white uh, Yeah, like, <laughs> I, like, I still haven't yet to have a black professor, you know? My only black professor is at the River Campus, you know? Hey, Eastman, if you want a black professor, you want to switch to the real. Right, exactly. You <laughs> or, know, like... <laughs> or study music education. <laughs> <laughs> right. so study music education. Right. <laughs> so, are we... I can send you a little Alto Clef book if that's what you want. <laughs> Alto Clef, girl. Don't, don't nobody read that no more. <laughs> like... Bass or something, <laughs> pebble or bass, please. No Not no more. <laughs> like, who read that? Like, well, uh, well, hold on. Who reading that? Like, uh-uh, girl, we on treble and bass now, please. Ah, period. Yeah. Treble and bass only. Uh-uh. Um, dang, I was gonna say something about um. Oh yeah, uh, kind of about that that environment of not even wanting to be there no more because when they started doing all that extra with the with the ids and everything uh, like i definitely was swiping in and the side of the building so i didn't have to go through the security yeah. how do you avoid that you you swiped on the side and you went upstairs so yeah you know that side door the one on it's, the one on main the one on gibbs the little side door you the one you right cannot there. miss it oh, and then you, oh. Just go up the stairs. you go up the stairs on the second floor and then you, you know you can go downstairs to the practice room whatever yeah. just skip oh. it especially after they did that whole proposal where they was trying to they was trying to get this the public safety officers guns oh yeah i'm like i could outrun some of them people what you giving them a gun for or like what he need a gun for like like that after that i was like yo especially because they like whatever like it didn't go through but they held a town hall <laughs> after they made the decision i'm like <laughs> what, what was the town hall for yeah. um so like it's stuff like that that yeah i definitely had that same feeling where i was like yo i'm here when i need to be <laughs> but that that airport security tsa jumped in last long because literally after the first week if the security guards recognize you i'd never had to show my id Nah, they, they still be making their show right regardless they don't care if they've seen you 50 million times that's so unsustainable especially like especially oh actually i remember one time hold on i've watched this from my memory i remember one time it was me and this other white girl and we were walking and the, the one of them asked me for my id i'm like how can you ask her for her id right and i'm like i'm late to class and i just kept walking <laughs> Mm -hmm. I remember that. Yeah, but it's when I had that little boring Baroque class or whatever, pre-music okay. class, pre-sound. Yeah. I don't know. It was some music in, in, in 5 AD. I don't know. But I was going there and I was already late. Right. And it was me and this other white girl. And she was like, oh, where's your ID? I'm like, how come you didn't ask her for ID? I'm like, I'm right. with class. It's it's 1237. Right, literally. Yeah, uh -huh. I remember when, when that whole security guard thing was happening to me. Some white girl came at me. Someone said, just show your ID. Just show your ID. And I feel so bad because she was a freshman. I was just like, shut up. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, felt, I, like, I literally feel so, because I see her, you know, when I'm walking and I just, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, I was so mad at the situation, but you know, 
mind your business, girl. Yeah, like, just comply. That's where it starts. Right. Like, comply. Like, girl, mind your business. <laughs> business. Like, come on. Like, not you, not, not, not him. He ain't called for backup. What you doing? <laughs> like, got the backup and everything. I'm like, girl, please get on my face. Especially like the way they, one of the violent professors, I saw him because I used to work at that little, what's that little, what's that little thing outside of Kilburn? Welcome Center. Uh, welcome Center. Not the Welcome Center. Oh, oh is it the Welcome Center? The, the ticket. Yeah, the ticket. Yeah. Oh, the info. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I used to sit on there on Instagram. And I saw one of the, <laughs> I saw, I saw one of the violent persons come in and he, and the dude asked for his ID. And he was like, I mean, he's like, I'm on a website. You can look me up. And kept walking. I was like, this is not sustainable. <laughs> like, how long? Y'all, I'm surprised they're still keeping it up. I was surprised yeah. to hear that. You know, they, um, what, I don't know if you know him, but Justice Freeman, he uh he in the same class as me, same scholarship. He jazz trumpet. He's from Rochester. Uh-huh. I heard of him, but I never, but I never met him. He ain't show his ID. You know what the security guard did? Grabbed him by his book bag. Grabbed him, and Justice, Justice, worse than me. I'm talking about grabbed him by his book bag, put him back. I need to see ID. Justice, my he 23. I'm only what 19. Justice started cursing him out so bad to the point Dean Rossi, Donna Brink Fox. And some other high official, whatever, came out their office. It was like, oh, you know, calm down, calm down. Justice, like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Yada, yada, started cursing them all. Oh my gosh. Boy. He was not playing. Was What's the- what happened? I mean, like, they let him go? Yeah, they let him go. You know Keep touching me for, like, uh uh-uh. uh. That's gonna be angry. Yeah. What? If that would have happened to me, oh my gosh, I would have that. That's such a thing. People, they always cross the line. Why do you? What are you touching me for? Right, like, what are you touching my book bag for? You touching the book bag when I'm in the school, like at a music school. Hey, one four five one. What are we doing? No. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's crazy? I remember like I went to go waste some time at. Oh, let me stop. I went to take a lesson at uh, Curtis, okay. and they. After after going to Curtis and and the other one with the C, Coburn, Coburn, I'm actually surprised at how open Eastman is in retrospect because Curtis, like I could, I didn't get, I didn't even get ten toes down in the door before like, why are you here? And I had to, they, uh, and then they were like, what's your name? I'm like, okay, we're expecting you sit down. It it's like, it's like oh, that, I, I, you know. Oh. So I feel like. They Eastman has this thing where like they want like they want to be in the community, even though the community has no idea what's going on in them four walls, but they want to be in the community and blase blase. And it's like if you you have to strike that balance because black people are in your community. So you're either going to stop accosting students when they walk to your building, or you're gonna put it on lock how the rest of the music schools have it. Exactly. You, You can't just walk into Yale. You can't do that. Exactly. I would hate to go to a place. I would hate to go to school somewhere like that. And that's exactly why y'all don't, y'all are not in the community. Exactly why black people don't feel like they can go into Eastman. When places are over, like over policed and like over, like there's a, a large amount of security. I know for me, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be in there. I'd be like, heck no. I like, exactly. like as a black person, y'all got to, this place is swimming with people with batons on their, on their waist. Girl. I'm not, I'm not going there. I would hate to go to school and Coburn wasn't always like that because I used to used to be able to just walk up in Coburn oh, for but real. now <laughs> yeah but 
Girl, when I went to the when I went to that viola thing at Coburn, I'm over here on every door. Like, why are these doors open? Like, you have to go up in there after school. And Coburn ain't no Coburn ain't no school. We could just like meander around. Like half of it's 500 feet underground, the other half is up in the sky. Like, I don't got time to be walking. I'm pulling all these doors. I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> Couldn't get in nowhere. Uh-uh. Get buzzed in, like. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I think like I, my undergrad was open campus, so I think I'll be a little freaked out if like we didn't have security guards walking around my school. school as small as Eastman too, like right. It's like if there's a large presence like that, you can feel it. You know, it's yeah. ain't, ain't but like five floors in here, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, walking, yeah. Now y'all talk about we need guns. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they do they, not need no guns. They can they can they 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 can't even walk without getting out of breath. You got you you know the, the security guards there? No, they do not need guns. Nah. Need right. Y'all, just, y'all really be unlocking doors. Now y'all just gonna y'all just gonna take out the gun, shoot the doorknob. All right. <laughs> security ain't good for nothing but opening them doors that be locked. That's, that, that's really all that they're there for. Oh, <laughs> and jumping cars. Uh, they then that dude, he was like, see you next time. <laughs> yeah, they had to jump Katie's car like two days in a row. <laughs> see you next time. Not nah, but the only reason is because we can let you sit in there with the lights on and the and the uh, oh, yeah. and the radio going. Probably in the heater too. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a mistake right there. Like purposely draining your battery. Like <laughs> And I was like, dang, I just bought this battery. He's like, you need to stop running your car. And then there's nothing wrong with the battery. It's just, and he's like, see you next time. I don't know. God bless it. Maliora. Damn, I need to, uh, I need to meet this dude who was blah, blah, blah in, 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 uh, in the hall. He bowed it. I feel like you told me that before and I was like, y'all need to meet him. But I never did because then after that, like, first of all, we never crossed paths because he's in jazz, right? Who? Uh, Justice? Yeah, he's in jazz. Yes, we never crossed paths. Yeah, because you told me that somebody did something, Nate. Somebody said something to him in colloquium. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, and he was not playing. Like, I guess somebody was like, oh, you need to, can you be quiet? And then just was like, why is you talking to me right now? Really? Why is you talking to me? I was like, ain't no way. It's our freshman year. I'm like, what? Big energy. Big uh, energy. That's exactly how you do it. They will like, try you. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but then, you know. <laughs> it's weird because sometimes either they won't talk to you because they're afraid of you or it's microaggressions. There's never, it's rarely the middle. It's rarely, can you just stop being so loud? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, big energy. I mean, I need to meet him on a on a Meliora weekend. If he, nah, he, he, probably be, he probably not even gonna be there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, he do not be there. Good for you. Well, thanks for talking to us. You know that man, five eight five represent man. Period. Shout out to the five eight five. Out to the five five. You want to let us know where we can find where people can find you? They want to follow you or something? You an influencer? Yes. 
My um my Instagram is uh at Jashanti Henry. That's J A H S H A N T I last name Henry. Um, if you want to friend me on Facebook, it's Jashanti Henry. Just you know, send me a a message so I'm not accepting strangers. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't got no other social media. Okay, period. You know that. Thank you so much. Thank All you. All right, thank you. Talk to y'all later. And we are moving on. All right, y'all, it's time for Black Excellence, where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props, because there's room for everyone at the top. This week, I'm talking about Nia Franklin. Um, I found about Nia on TikTok, but I'm late, so let me tell you. <laughs> um, Nia is from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. She graduated uh, with her undergraduate degree in music composition from East Carolina University and her master's degree in composition from the University of North Carolina School of the Arts. Um, shortly after she graduated, she was awarded the Keenan Fellowship at New York's Lincoln Center of Education. Um, and then, okay, so here's the crazy part. So when she was undergrad, well, no, 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 not an undergrad, but when she, she was trying to figure out how she was gonna pay for school. So she found the Miss, or, uh, the Miss America organization. So she was crowned Miss Five Boroughs at the age of 24, Miss New York in 2018 and Miss America in 2019. Um, she's also a, she's a teacher and a music mentor, and she has composed over a hundred works. Um, throughout her years as Miss America, Nia Franklin has been working on her social impact initiative, advocating for the arts. She speaks with students and school administrators and teachers about the importance of arts education and why it is so vital to a well-rounded education. Her piece, Chrysalis Extended, was just premiered with the Dallas Symphony Orchestra. And she did look a little vlog on her TikTok where like she was um explaining like to people because you know, you can stuff can come up on your for you page, anything can come up on your for you page. So you you never know. So she was like, This is the process I wanna tell you. So she wrote the piece in like two months and then she's like, and then I went to the orchestra and I was explaining it to the conductor because she's never seen it before. I thought it was really cute and really approachable because I'm like, Yeah, girl, the conductor studied the score and then she did an analysis. She's like, Yeah, so conductors never heard the piece before so i had to tell her how i wanted it to go and i just thought it was really cute and really approachable and then yeah they play her piece and then people on tiktok have been like stitching it duetting it and like uh singing over it and stuff like i this is so so cool and i was like where have you been like you over here <laughs> like miss america and junk like i'll be under a rock like what's going on Cause I saw, I saw, when I saw the TikTok. I'm like, oh, that's cute. You wrote a little, little piece. I'm like, Dallas Symphony. I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I be knowing people. Who are you? So, uh, and crazy, oh, crazy thing is, we were born the same exact day, same exact year. You know what? And let's pull over here and talk about legends. All right. So you have a piece of the week? because do you have a piece? Of you the know, week? do you have a piece? Of I the just week? feel like do yeah, this is it. And so. <laughs> The piece is called Legends, and it's actually an improvisatory speech, which I'm going to do right now. <laughs> so, um, I, I just, I just, this is against my will. these connections. I think it was this year that I found out that Garrett shares a birthday with uh, Rosetta Tharp. Legends. Also, See, that, that makes sense. That one makes sense. Right? And as well as this one as well. Okay, and, well, you know, you know there's also, also there was like a week where like, it was a bunch of legends like i think it was like aretha franklin and diana ross was born in the same week and it was like somebody else as well i'm just saying that all of these things are connected and 
us and 200,000 other people that were also born on July 27th. Yeah, however, right. Who else? Uh, Michael Jackson? Who else? Maybe. Um, (laughs) Let's find out. No, he he wasn't. But but probably 200,000 other legends. So I just, wow. Amazing. And you know what? I think we have a title for this episode. Uh, we do not. So We absolutely do not. But I do. thought that was cool. Because like, when I saw July 27th, I was like, okay. And I was like, 993 too? I was like, okay. Big Leo energy. She don't, and she don't even look like a Leo. So I love that for her as well. Shout out to the people who are, they, they don't, they're not, they don't present their signs. Okay. Or any tendencies. Okay. <laughs> what? I want to laugh. Not nah, I don't know. You're so <laughs> That's I will I will ten toes down, I will stand in firm in that. I am not a true Leo, but I do have Leo tendencies. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> snicker, snicker, snicker on my end too. <laughs> now I will stand firm in that. I am not a Leo. That's the most Leo thing you said this whole episode. What the heck? <laughs> I remember Katie, it was like something, it said something about like Leo's being bossy. And, you know, I was, you know, I'm being trifling. So I was like, mm. she's like, I'm not bossy. And I didn't say nothing. She was like, I'm not. I am not bossy. <laughs> you weren't saying nothing. You were just watching me. <laughs> you were just watching Self destruct. <laughs> right. Like, I would say, um, you aren't a true Libra, but some tendencies be thanging that indecisiveness but something i hear about libras i'm just like that's not the way at all i I feel like i never hear anything very definitive about libras except for like i hear charming a lot and i hear indecisive you You just said i wasn't a true libra i didn't say Um, i didn't say that part okay well but i do think i'm i'm indecisive in that like uh see (laughs) no (laughs) but like I just don't like thinking out loud, and the re- and that's why I don't like, mm. yeah. But like decisions, like where am I gonna do that today? Like mm-hmm. where am I gonna eat lunch? Like I don't, I don't, I'll just decide where I'm gonna eat lunch. Like sure, <laughs> but yeah. I think my personalities better present themselves in my in my chart, like in other ways. Like I have Virgo in my chart. That really? makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Where? Um, I can't remember. Maybe Neptune. Oh, there's other planets. See, I'm over here thinking this is the the, the three. Oh no, it way down deep in my chart. Oh, but I mean, but like, see, I never done nothing like that actually. Yeah. But in my like little three or whatever, like yeah, I feel like there's where like the Cancer, the Cancer rising makes sense. The freaking <laughs> Scorpio moon makes sense. Those make sense to me. I only know one or two Scorpio, so. I don't really like. I don't know Scorpios in real life. I don't think. Yeah, I don't. I like. I don't have any like strong like. Ooh, mm. that's big Scorpio energy. Like I don't have no no strong nothing. But yeah, it's um, based on research. I must like. Yeah, but yeah, the Libra do be jumping out with the. I don't have very many favorite things because everything is so different. You can't really. Come that's here. ridiculous. Like, <laughs> and that's why like I. That's why like the more I've come to know you, I'd be just trying to structure the intermissions differently because I'm like this is gonna go. <laughs> What's, what are three but what do you mean by three like it's <laughs> like Delaney three of your favorite but favorite and see and 
listen in no particular order is a phrase that i hold dear to my heart yes because and even if i could i feel like even if i say in no particular order people still Still the first one you say yes i like i I wish i could just say them all at once like 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 like, (laughs) say them all at once because i feel like but is the order even though i say no particular order is the order in which i am saying them implying the so that in the Virgo makes sense. I also have Aries rising, which I don't. That doesn't don't, make sense to me. Yeah. And I have a friend, my friend who I told you was Aries. I found out he's a double Aries, sun oh, and moon. God. I said, oh, my oh gosh, wait. Bro. Nikki is like that. Nikki's off the walls. I don't care. She She's like, I hate Aries slander. I'm like, I think Aries, she might even be a, a triple. Oh, my gosh. I don't, no but way. at least a double in like in every single way. And every and then she gets mad. I don't care. I was I I will literally get it tattooed on my forehead. Aries are the most problematic sign of the zodiac. I would just go. I don't I listen. If you're an Aries, I'm sorry. Most most unstable. They they're very um passionate. And they're very reliable people, but they're the most unstable, off the walls people like, ever. Like it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And he's like, you're so me. I'm like, it's just. Fa- Why do y'all hate facts? I only have one friend who's an Aries that don't seem. Don't, don't seem know. like Aries. My friends are. Uh, no, um, I thought you were gonna say Mara because Mara don't seem like Aries. Oh, Mara is an Aries. Aries. Yeah, she doesn't. She yeah, doesn't. she don't seem like Aries at all. Yeah. yeah, that's a. I mean, but I'm my my default of Aries is is my friend Nikki and just like yeah, Nikki seem like one. Nikki, <laughs> and it's a double Aries. Might be triple, but it's definitely double something. Oh I forgot God. what it was, and I don't see how anybody could ever socialize with a triple Aries. So I don't think that. <laughs> If God don't that. like me, just say that. <laughs> like, I don't no. think she did. It gotta just be double. <laughs> she probably was self destruct. So <laughs> I think it's a double. But I remember when I heard that, I was like, oh. She's like, no, nah, because you were Leo and and what? <laughs> oh, okay. If you're Aries, I love you. I love you dearly. And then everybody on the internet be like, you think everybody born on the same day got the same way? I'm like, some of y'all, yes. You know, it's just fun, laugh, ha ha, fun. Right. But sometimes yeah. it makes stuff be making sense. And yeah, really, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What you wanna say? No, I was just about to say stuff. Um, don't be like a lot of stuff. Don't be aligning with the horoscope stuff, but it'd be fun just to see. Yeah, it's just fun, especially like if you really deep into it. Like some people I follow are real deep, like Arnell and stuff, where like. She won't even talk. She won't even date you if you. She's your chart first. And you saw that thing, that meme where she was like, "Where it's like, uh, hey Ma, like, what time was I born?" Like, nope, don't talk to her. <laughs> but like, sometimes we make it, especially like if you're really deep into it, and you look, it's not just like I'm a Leo. It's like your your rising and your moon, and like your angel number, and like what what uh what's in the rest of your chart like in your neptune your venus and at what angle it's like real oh my goodness it's like it's kind of confusing i'm like girl just tell me july 27 what that mean because <laughs> every morning every time i try to get like a little bit more into it like just to read about it i'm just like but the angel numbers are interesting if you see a rear if you see a number that, that keeps popping up to you like you should look into that oh. but you can also calculate your angel number i forgot how you do it so like you add up i'm gonna google that yeah i've heard of it no, nah, it's and that makes sense because like I always see eleven eleven everywhere. Remember I was telling you about that? 
Yeah, but I feel like, but also, I feel like once you told me that, I started seeing it. Oh. But I also feel like I was looking for it. <laughs> but also, that might be, what if it's your injury number? Never know. Because it's something if you add up the date, your birthday or something, you yeah, you should look it up. You could calculate it. I'll calculate it. I can't say that word. I can't say calculate. I can't say accurate. <laughs> Not accurate. <laughs> Deering. Deering. Because I just feel like my mouth don't even work. During. How do you say it? Yeah. During. 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 Yeah. During. Is that a Midwest thing? During. Maybe. Probably. Cause I just don't. I. I don't hear people say. I. I don't remember hearing people say during. I found another one. I had another one the other day. How do you say J, J E W E L R Y? A jewel. No. J E. W E L R Y R Y at that. Oh, jewelry. Say it again. No, I'm not myself conscious. Jewelry. Okay. My mom said it the other day. She says jury. Why? <laughs> like a jury of your peers. Like the <laughs> jury that convicted that. Oh, man. We didn't even talk about that. Oh, we didn't. Huzzah. Hip, hip. Huzzah. I don't know if that would be the episode this week. Oh, we have to do it. Girl. Yeah. But. Yeah. But that was just another. Like, I remember she said, I was like, not a jury. Jury. <laughs> jury. <laughs> I've heard people say jury. like that, though. Yeah. Jury. It was just like, that's another one but yeah okay tangent um i realized that we didn't do a piece of the week um also dang as we're doing this i got the news like right before we started um r.i.p shock g a rap a rap legend i just thought of that um which is terrible because like i just just pulling over for a second like um a lot of people like credit and and of course a lot of credit and a lot of um praise to Nicki Minaj for like everything that she has done with her like at the beginning of her career with the whole like alter ego thing and mm-hmm. the different voices and whatever but Shock G was really the first rapper to do that mm-hmm. um and he had he his alter ego had like entire like his own like career so like he was really the first person to do that so and he and he passed away tonight so that sucks um but yeah, I'm gonna do a piece of the week. Um, my piece of the week, oh, kind of ties in a little bit. It's called Evolution by a friend of the show, Edward Hardy. Hey, okay. Eddie. Hey, Eddie. Um, yeah, and it's kind of the evolution of Black music. So there's some spirituals, there's some hip hop inspired stuff. There's all kind of stuff in there. It's for solo violin. So I'm gonna link that in uh in the description so y'all can hear that. Period. All right, y'all. Thank you for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, okay, listen, the intermission suggestion, I just want to say, Amare, I got you <laughs> next year, okay? Because Not next year. Well, it's it's about, can we still do it? I think so, right? Because it was for a specific thing. I mean, I guess, I guess oh, we, we, we might have not have the same thing in mind. Maybe I'm not remembering it correctly. Oh, okay. I got you though. <laughs> Send an intermission suggestion because sometimes I'll be. 
Classically Black Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you're black, join I as black musicians. I love, I love that. Be thanking. When I did that email the other day, I was like, okay, come on, membership body. You could be one of the ones, but you're not. Make it make sense. I as black musicians. Follow us at I as black musicians. Look at our website, I as black And that's it. Check out Neman, right? And mm-hmm. oh, that's in the description as well. And yeah, period. All right, y'all. See you next week. Bye. Bye.